You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post What up? Fran, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Um, I've been having some like back issues lately. Oh, back issues. Yeah, as far as like I haven't been sleeping well, so it's like Oh, it's affecting you even when you're laying down. Yeah. Okay. So it's like I'm. Yeah, if like your I'm back goes, your whole body is is useless pretty much. Yeah, so. <laughs> tossing and turning while I'm sleeping, and then like then sciatica or you know like I don't know what, what it, is. it is. I don't know what it is. Is it like low back? Yeah, like low back, low middle so sciatica. So it was like um, not getting enough sleep, and then when I when it's time to wake up, I have like a headache. I'm getting a headache because oh. I'm not sleeping well. It's just been a, a it's been terrible the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, that's cool. Uh, good. Glad to hear it. Uh, <laughs> I'm good now, though. Like right sure? now, I'm I'm fine. But dude, when I go to sleep, it's like turning and popping my back and all kinds of stuff. But you should get into drugs. I would recommend that. Drugs put you out like a maybe. baby, man. They put you right out. You know, yeah. get you some nice prescription drugs like a, like a Xanax or you know, or like a you know some cannabis. You know that that'll put you out too, and you don't got to worry about. Addic- getting addicted to pills. This is start. We're starting off on a really dark uh, yeah. road here. Let's uh, turn things around. Is it? I don't know. We're talking about drug addiction and your back being hurting and you can't sleep, have headaches. I that's- mean, it's like I'm not like in pain all the time. It's like okay, well that's good to know. I'm fine now. Okay, then, like when it's time to lay down. I don't know if it's my bed. I don't know what it is. But yeah, you might need to get you a new bed. Well, we we had the old bed. My back was hurting. Then we got a new bed, and then my, I didn't have any. My back, I didn't have any back pain. But now I have back pain again. Well, friend, this feels like a perfect time to talk to you about Sattva mattresses. Um, Sattva mattresses are incredibly comfortable. And um, if you use our promo code, Affirmative Murder, then uh, you could get yourself a Sattva mattress for... I don't know. Why, aren't they, why aren't they giving us mattresses? Oh, Sattva isn't actually a sponsor. Um, oh. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, don't know how to segue out of this. You're yeah, really I'm not going to sponsor any. I'm not going to be throwing out anything if they ain't you know, nothing free. Okay. Well, I don't know how to transition but, out of this because you're, yeah. you're making me really bummed out. Well, because right? I have a back. My back has been hurting. back's hurting and you're sad and you're just not sleeping well. What did I say well, I was sad? Right? No, your whole energy is just weird to me. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe it's just this environment that we're in right now. I don't. I, I don't need to get used yeah, to. Yeah, it's new. It's a new space. So I, need, I think it's that's what, I think it's. I think that's how I'm dealing with. Let's it. So go with that. Yeah, you're coming in with weird. Set way into that. Okay. How are you? How are you doing with the new situation? I'm coming along, man. Yeah. Um, getting set up. Still got some some boxes to yeah, unpack. You got shit everywhere. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's gonna get the the fung is gonna sway. At some point, I'm gonna get <laughs> yeah. the fung how I want it to be. Uh, the com, the work commute is in com, completely different. It's taking some. My commute over here is completely different. Yeah, I, I don't love it. Um, I am currently in a gated community, so sometimes I, I forget the gate code, so I'm sitting there for oh, a little shit. bit, and then I have to drive more through the city to get to work now, mm. so I run into exponentially more squeegee boys. Mm. Yesterday, I had a kid, he went to do the squeegee thing, and I just went, uh, sometimes I do, I squeegee my own windows with my windshield, which is, it's a, you're doing a superfluous job, you don't need to be out there, my, every car has- You're doing it in front of them? Yeah, I go like, just because when they go to, because what they'll do is- if if they you'll go no and then they'll just do it anyway and then it's like well I did a service for you pay me yeah. so I just go well my it's happening it's that's happening dick, right now yeah well it's a dick move to be out 
uh, intimidating hey, people hustling, to give man. you money. He's trying to make some money. Uh, there's other things you can do to hustle. Anyway, the kid, <laughs> he went to do the squeegee thing. I was like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, he just stands there. He's like, no, 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 roll the window down. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Roll the window down. I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, yeah, man, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't going to squeegee your window. I was just going to ask if you wanted, if you could give, spare some money to give a blessing, OG. First of all, I'm nobody's OG. Don't call me an OG to try to butter me up to Sauce give you money. Spy, yeah, yeah uh, he tried to he tried to butter me up. And it I said, worked? I, no, it didn't oh. work. I don't carry cash. I said, I don't have any cash on me. He said, do you have Venmo? Oh, man. I said, Savage. oh, man. The light turned green. I said, oh, man, I don't have, I got to go. They're out here asking you for your uh, transfer money accounts now. Yeah. Because they, they got wise that I don't carry cash. Through the pandemic, every business that I've gone into goes, we don't take, we're not taking cash right now. Mm-hmm. So cash has become kind of useless in this society now. It's, you know, you swipe or you touch your thing, Apple Pay or something. Yeah. Nobody wants cash right now. It's dirty. I don't know if, I mean, cash is always going to be king at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But there are some businesses like my gym, they, they go, if you want to buy a water bottle, they're like, you need to pay with a card. We don't take cash. Yeah. Because we don't want just loose, dirty money around. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I don't have cash for people. To do a job that I don't want you to do. I don't want you to do the job. Why would I want you to do the job that I, my car does? So go do something else with your time. So I don't like to feel these things because at my core, I'm a progressive guy, right? Yeah, yeah man. Hey, the kids need a thing to do. Oh, man, get them, get them in some power program. I'm that guy, right? But yeah. when I now I'm running into them more often, it's hard for me to be the champion of the squeegee boys. Mm. It's hard for me to be like, oh, man, these kids are out here just trying yourself. to. Yeah, I'm a contradiction, man. Yeah. We all are. But mm. typically, no, everybody everybody is, literally. <laughs> well, everybody's you are. Well, yeah, okay. Well, then we'll go with me today. Um, uh, <laughs> so I typically am like, yeah, man, if the, you know what the problem is, is, is with the local governments not giving these kids opportunities. That's yeah. my usual feeling mm-hmm. when I'm commuting from my old house, going straight to the highway, never having to run into people. Yeah. Now, oh man, I've had, I've had some, I've had some thoughts yeah. where I'm like, you know what, man, this, this is, should be illegal. Yeah. I'm in my car. Like, like just, like, just a Karen. Yeah. I was just looking, like, you know what? Um, it's really unsafe to be walking in the, in the street without using the crosswalk yeah. and you guys are walking up and down the roads. And if you hit my car, then I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. So I think that uh, the governor should just make all this illegal and you should get fined if you're out here squeegeeing. And I've only been here for like a couple of days. Yeah. So who knows where I'm going to be? I might be a Republican in six months. Unbelievable. Just lock them up, man. Just lock. Wow. If you're, if you're caught with a squeegee in your hand, throw them in, the, in jail. So I don't like that. So I don't know how it's going to, how I'm going to fare here. You know, I don't know. Hmm. By yourself on that one, man. Oh, I get it. I get it. I don't, what are your thoughts? I don't, oh, 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 I don't, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. I'm the bad guy. What are your thoughts on the squeegee boys, friend? I do think the job is, is pointless. Okay. Especially now. So but, why would you give? Why would you, friend? Hey, friend. But, hey, hey, friend. What? Can hey, I finish my thought? But let me just ask you a question what? before you t- follow up. Once you finish your question. Okay. Friend, why would you pay somebody to do a job that's pointless? I wouldn't. And plus, I don't carry cash either. But I'm saying they're they're out there trying to do something. For sure. They're trying to do some good out mm-hmm. there. Stay out of trouble, hopefully. Yeah, but you, but that's, but you're on the opposite side now. I'd rather them out there doing something, grinding, you know, for some type of money. You let's don't, not but, use words but like you don't, that. All right, but let's you don't, not use words like that. Why not? Friend. You don't know that situation because it's not grinding. You know what you could do? There's jobs available. It's a pandemic. Every there's signs hiring everywhere. What if they can't? They can't. Why? Why wouldn't they be able to get a job? I don't know people's situation, man. They're standing you outside. But they're you standing outside on the corner with their friends. So you rather them stand on the side on the corner doing drugs? I'd rather them go get a job. Sell drugs. I'd rather them go work a job. Everybody doesn't have. Let's say. No, 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 let's, no, no, no. Let me okay. finish. Oh, go ahead. Everybody doesn't have a 2017 Audi. First Everybody doesn't have that. First of all, it's a 2019. Um, Look at this. But what does that even have to do with anything? What if somebody's uh, windshield wiper fluid doesn't work? 
What if they what if they need somebody to Are do that? Are you really saying that what if somebody runs into these squeegee boys and they really need a squeegee? What if they drive in? They uh, really need what these if they guys to squeegee their car. That's what you're saying? That? I don't know. What if what if they go they out there like, I hope they 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 squeegee my I, I have a couple of dollars. Cool. Here you go. Thank you. No, no, here's the thing. One, I'm not saying they're not making any money. They're definitely making money because one out of every 20 people is some like, yeah, man, keep the kids off the street. Take a picture of them, put it on their Facebook. Those mm. people exist. And yeah. also people who are terrified of them because they're out there like eight of eight, eight kids with squeegees in their hands mm-hmm. going and playing music and all the whole energy of it is like, here, just take here. Here's th- here's three dollars and just I'm cool. Don't hit my car. Yeah. Which happens. That also happens. Yeah. So my whole point is. I would rather these kids be have outlets that are constructive, but at the end of the day, they're still out there. And 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 at this point, five six years ago, it was kids. Now it's like twenty three and twenty six year old people outside, grown adults, yeah, outside asking for money for a job that nobody needs done. Okay, so that's my only issue with it. All right. And now that I'm running into these people more, it's an issue. It's becoming more of an issue. It's easier to be like, no, like when you're not involved in a, in a problem, Mm -hmm. it's easy to be like, you guys are being so harsh and, you know, mean and rude and all these things. But when now I'm running it, I'm on these tight streets. I'm getting caught at red lights in the city more often now with my commute. And it's like, I am a kind of that kind of person that if I had the cash, I would give somebody the money. I would say, Hey man, don't squeegee my window. and, And here's the money. Just stay out of trouble. That's the kind of person I am to my core. But I don't carry cash on me these days. Mm. So it's a no. Okay. Even if I go, hey, man, you know, if I had money, I would give it to you. But I don't. Yeah. So, so hey, keep, stay, stay, keep hope alive. Yeah. That's a no. So now I have to do that every time because I don't want them to think I'm a dick, right? So I have to go, hey, man, sorry, I don't have any cash. But you, you were but that's still a, a no. But you were being a dick, though. I wasn't being a dick. I was being a dick with me. Because you put your windshield... Wipers on. I don't do that often. <laughs> but sometimes I do that. But you did it though. But why? I have done it. Why? Yes, I've done like, it. I don't need it. Yes. Like to I, make it clear. My, and also, I have, because I have a 2019 Audi that does it by himself. Why do you keep, that has nothing to do with every car. Your car doesn't have windshield wiper fluid and windshield wipers? Yeah, mine does. Okay, so what are you talking about? But then? I don't drive an Audi though. But what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with. You have a fancy with, car. You got this fancy, but, fancy car. But that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that every car has windshield wipers and wiper fluid on it. It's not about my car. But you did it though. Other people do it too. How you know? Oh man, that's a technique, bro. You just get them. I I like to do it because I like to let them know. Hey, man, I don't. Not only do I need not need your service, but the world doesn't need your service. I want them to feel that. Douche. <laughs> How terrible, is that a douche, man? man? Terrible, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, we're gonna have to agree to disagree with on this one, man. That's, that's you move in this gated community now. It's just. The booze is just booziness is hitting a whole different level. Oh, that's crazy! And you've been oh. here for a couple days. Oh, that's crazy that you would really turn on oh, me like this, like you, like oh, so you're you're super cool with the squeegee boys. You like no, them? No, I don't want them you, touching my car. Okay, don't so, okay, don't so, get near my car. So what at is all. what is what is the difference in what you you just said and what I'm saying? I'm just making an argument. Okay, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> being honest, okay, okay. I don't care. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't. Okay, it felt like you care. It felt like you no, were being very judgmental. I don't care. I don't want them touching my car at all. Okay, well then, just okay. don't touch my. They can be out there all they want. Just don't come near my car. But that, how do you? You can't police that. I know I can't. So what do you do when they come up to you? I move up a little bit. Oh, you, okay. That's, but what that's if there's like? Technique. What if there's like a few of them? So like you move up and then there's another one. Because if you tell the one of them no, the other one comes behind. Is like maybe. No, my shirt's just, different. No, Which I'm like, I'm good. And, but then they go, oh no, roll the window down. Hey, OG, can you help out? Can you give a blessing, OG? Especially when I'm, I'm definitely not rolling my window down. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is, I have contradicted myself. Yeah. 
I get um, it. I, I mean, I, I've come, I've come on here. I've come on here and like been like uh, against the idea of squeegee boys from the perspective of I wish that there was better outlets for them. And that's yeah, the, I'm, I agree. I'm 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 at the core of me. I'm just joking around. I'm just talking to talk. Right. Yeah. I, that is what I believe. I think I I wish that there were outlets for these kids to have things to do. Yeah. But there currently aren't, and so I don't like them ro- rolling up on my car. And, yeah. And, and it's it's one or two panhandle on one side. Cool, but it's like it's like it's. One, oh, no, again, the, cor- the corners one, I'm on. Oh, wait, no, wait, let me finish. A one, a, for one, again, the world doesn't need that that service anymore. For two, it's too many of y'all. How are y'all? How are y'all making any money? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just it's like a rat race. It's like yeah. whichever one you get to first. Per- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So are they, are they are they breaking this down at the end of the day? Doubt it. Yeah. So really, what it's become kind of at least in the neighborhoods that I'm now driving through to get to work, it's like they're just hanging out with their friends. They they're out there like when school lets out or around noon. And I said I, I don't it's know if like I told eight, you it's this. Like, it's like eight kids out. There. Yeah, I don't know if I told you this or I said it on here before, whatever. But I was like, how are they getting this, the squeegees? They had to be stealing. Oh yeah, that's that's you said that. Before. I think I said that. Yeah, you did. You said that. Yeah, they're taking Thieves. them out of the thing at the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to get out. We got to get out of this topic. We sound. We sound. We sound. We both now we both sound like douchebags. Now we both sit there. these fucking. Oh, you telling me squeegees just fall out of the sky? A likely story. Lock them up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, friend, um, uh, we are recording this a little closer to our last episode. Yeah. So we have not had a ton of patrons join the Patreon mm-hmm. in, in the couple of days since the last time we recorded. And the news cycle has not changed over much. Also, by the time this comes out, uh, um, the next episode comes out, whatever we talk about probably be a little dated. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, touch on a story that I heard about uh, really quick, which is a story out of Norway. Where, so Norway has really strict gun laws, right? Okay. And they recently had a mass Boeing, Boeing, Boeing. Oh, Somebody wow. went on a bow and arrow attack and, crazy. and killed five people and injured like eight five people. people. He had enough time to do that. That's what. That's the most fascinating part to me. It had to be a crossbow. Uh, I don't. I don't. They say. They say a bow and arrow. I think a wild. crossbow makes more sense. But even still, you got to cock a crossbow back. It, I would love to know the distance, everything, because accuracy plays a big part. Oh, like the, the the person had to be incredibly accurate, I would imagine. You're just walking. You just go get. Let's go get some salmon and a fizzy drink. That's terrifying. And you just fucking get you hit hit, hit with a bow and arrow and it's silent. Silent. I was about to say that. That's the point I was gonna bring up. Insane, bro. But yeah, no, I just thought that that was. Uh, I thought that that Norway wow. news was just interesting, man. Like you're mm. just you're going out to get a fizzy drink and some salmon, and then just like they load it up and do do do. You know, so it's just like um, absolutely insane. Mm. Prayers to those people. Yeah, Norway is, is definitely on my list of. It's like such a beautiful place. Like it's all these towns surrounded by lush mountains and water and stuff. It's a really beautiful place. Boat, little boats, yeah, little boats, the little creeks and stuff. Is that? Yeah, sure, I'm sure. There's bodies of water. There's water everywhere. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, I don't know why I wanted to talk about that. I just thought it was interesting. And like that's, I said, like I said, we're, we're we're like sandwiched close to episodes, so. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about anything that was specific that could become outdated. Yeah. It's back very close to the last episode we recorded. There haven't been a ton of Patreon subscribers. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and save that All right. for Fran episode 200, which is next episode. Is it? Yes, man. It's, wow. come, it's come, man. It's come. It's come. I'm very excited. Wow. Uh, episode 200, is, it really still is trippy. The 200 episodes Damn. of this thing. It's, it's, been, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of put together what episode 200 is going to be. Obviously yeah. it's going to be a little different. I don't even know if we will do a, like a new story. We might just highlight an old story, like our, our most fascinating story mm-hmm. that really captivated us as of recently, like maybe between 
2020 and now, like we'll both just kind of highlight a story that stuck with us over the last year or so. Yeah. And then we're going to read, read emails and play audio clips and we have audio clips. We got a couple audio clips okay. and we're going to play moments. Oh, you found them? Most of them? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, the people who emailed and said it's on episode this at this point. Okay. Really helped. So yes, that helped me find the I'm moments. excited to hear those. Cause sometimes I just like, I'll hear and I'll forget. I even said that. Oh, that's always. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's all the time. I never f- remember anything that yeah. I say on here. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I already know that people are going to be like, hey, I just want to let you know what you said about squeegee Squeegees? boys. Oh, yeah. They're human beings and they don't. They, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm sorry. And then that's how you try to move on. I, I don't know my bad if I offended anybody. My bad. But I just come on here. and I just talk, man. That's the whole point of this. This is what we're trying to do is I'm trying to fill time. You know, yeah. I'm trying to fill time and, and, and you just talk <laughs> until you feel like you've filled an, an, an adequate amount of time. Yeah. And I feel like I've done that for the, the first part of this. And so. like I said, we're not going to shout out, do shout outs. We're going to save those for 200. So shout out to the people who have joined the Patreon recently, because you're going to be a part of history, man. You're going to be a part of episode 200. Yeah. Or if you haven't joined a Patreon, join it. Or that. To join be it part to of be this, off. Yeah. To be this part of this beautiful 200th episode that we're going to have. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast, man. You sound really excited. I am excited. <laughs> I am excited. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no. So yeah, like Fran, that was a good point you just made, Fran. Or if you haven't joined the Patreon, what what better time to join than to be a part of the 200th episode of Affirmative Murder? So yeah, think about it. And while you're thinking about it, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Affirmative Murder is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is an amazing meal plan fit for any lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, on a plant-based diet, or even if you just want to have a delicious, well-balanced meal, Green Chef has a plan for you. Green Chef's expert chefs curate every recipe, and with over 30 meals every week and the flexibility to switch your plans whenever you want to, you don't have to sacrifice taste for nutrition. You can enjoy restaurant-quality dishes in the comfort of your own home. Speaking of home, I just finished the move, boxes everywhere, still unpacked, but last night I was able to dig in my fridge, pull out a Green Chef meal, and it was easy and ready to go in under 30 minutes. I had some cheesy chimichurri turkey patties, felt like Emerald Lagasse up in that thing. Bam! Literally bam, because I knocked over my spice rack while I was cooking. But that's not Green Chef's fault. The only person who'd be at fault here is you. If you don't go to greenchef.com slash AMP125, that's right, they bumped us up. You get $125 off if you use the promo code AMP125. That's right, Monster Truck Voice. And it includes free shipping. Who treats you better than us? Again, go to greenchef.com slash AMP125. 
Use the promo code AMP125. Get $125 off, including free shipping. Green Chef, eat good, feel good. Do it now. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is a listener suggestion. Mm. Um, so shout out to Alana who messaged us on Instagram and made a suggestion. She was in a sorority with this person. Oh shit! So, but the story is absolutely fascinating. So I was I, I jumped on that very quickly. So thank you, Alana, for suggesting the story, and um, I'm I'm happy to bring awareness to this um, sad story. Maybe it'll help people just be aware of their surroundings and people in their circle, and you know all those things that we try to do here. So my sources were kxan.com. Oxygen.com and uh, the Statesman.com. It's a Texas newspaper. Uh, so Samantha Dean was born on May 12, 1985 in Nuremberg, Germany. After spending the first six years of her life there, Samantha traveled to the United States and lived at Fort Still in Oklahoma with her mother and father until 1993. She was an army brat, Fran. So okay. I have only known a couple of army brats in my life. And they remind me a lot of me. I was a, I was a single mom brat, so moved around a lot, spoiled, and so you you uh you adjust well as to being like in new situations. Mm-hmm. But army brats, I noticed they're very much winners. Like they're very much like overachievers, um, and they like to like be the best. Mm. Like if there's any game, beer pong, any kind of any settings where I've been in with army brats, they're always trying to like. To, to, to win is the objective. Mm, okay. So um, she was an army brat. That's why she, that's why she was born in Germany and then moved to the United States. Yeah. The same year that they uh, moved to Oklahoma, Samantha's younger sister, Taylor was born. And just two years later, Samantha and her entire family moved to Fort drum in New York and stayed there for three years before the entire family then moved to San Antonio, Texas in 1998. In 2003, she graduated from Judson high school where she participated on the varsity Judson High School tennis team. After graduating high school, she attended the University of Texas San Antonio. Go Roll Runners! <laughs> uh, while earning her degree, she was a proud member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority and was loved by all members in her charter. A so I have two members of, uh, I have two Alpha K- AKAs in my, well, I have one AKA in my family. This is an interesting, this is an interesting Six degrees of separation and small to more thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what we call Baltimore because it's like it's like a city, but it's small. Like you know somebody, and then they know you're on. Mm-hmm. So my cousin is an AKA. Okay. In middle school, I got really close with my dance teacher, mm-hmm. and my dance teacher was an AKA. And then it turned out that my dance teacher knew my cousin. Mm. And I don't. And I, I found that out because she, my cousin asked me what school I went to, and okay. then. She was like, oh, one of my sorority sisters is a, is a dance teacher there. I was like, oh, my God, I take that dance class. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the AKAs, man, they're very proud to be AKAs. What school was this? It was Deer Park Middle School. Oh, okay. It was a magnet school. All right. Yeah, I had a dance. I, you, didn't have, you didn't have dance? No, I didn't go to magnet school. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, How long you was there? For the rest of middle school. Did you get accepted in there? I went there. Because you, you lived in the area. Um, Don't try to sound like it's a blue ribbon school. Like you was like they oh, you had oh, to be oh, accepted. Oh, oh, it was a blue ribbon school. What? Well, you sure it was? A, it was a magnet school. It was, that don't mean it's blue ribbon, is it? Is it? What is? I, I don't I, know. You said that like that. So I, I thought you just meant nice. <laughs> you said is that a term? You have to be like accepted into the school, though. All right. I didn't have to be accepted in anything. That's I was, you lived in the area. I was zoned. Right. 
But, it, I still but that's not big. Don't make it seem like you was. I still got all the privileges of the school. Did you have a dance? Sure. Did you have a dance program at your school? No. Okay. Well, then we're going to kickball change <laughs> subjects. <laughs> anyway, during her time, <laughs> during her, her time obtaining her degree at the University of Texas at San Antonio, she battled sarcoma cancer in her elbow, but continued going to class every day during radiation and chemotherapy treatment. Mm. Despite all the adversity, Samantha graduated on time with a master's degree in forensic psychology. She wanted to serve as a police officer. However, the sarcoma cancer left her with a disability that forced her to do the next best thing. Samantha joined the Kyle Police Department as a civilian for over three years in order to pursue her dreams to bring closure and comfort to victims of crime. It was clear to everyone who knew her that Samantha Dean was on a mission in life. That mission was tragically cut short when on February 4th, 2015, Samantha was found dead behind an empty shopping center 25 miles southeast of Austin, Texas. Mm. Fatally shot three times. Wow. She was seven months pregnant. Mm. The scene looked as if a drug deal had gone bad, but to a trained eye, it was clear that that scene was staged. How did they know that? Well, sometimes it just looks too perfect. And, and one of my, I love, in, in Gone Girl, they depict it really well where it made it look like a break-in had happened and stuff and, and everything was all over the place. But then the detective that came in, in the scene, just jumped up and jumped down mm-hmm. and the picture frames that were on the ledge fell down. Mm-hmm. But the picture, but they were up. Yeah. So it was like, this place looks like a big scuffle happened here, mm-hmm. but the picture frames are still up perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you go, oh, well, then this was, this is state. It, this yeah. is probably made to look like a robbery happened here. Yeah. So they did things similar to that to make it look like a drug deal took place and then it went bad. After the discovery of Dean's body, investigators worked to figure out where the clues of the scene might be pointing. Search warrants revealed that Dean had been in a secret relationship with the, with then APD officer Von Trey Clark, who was 32 years old. What is that? APD? Austin Police Department. Oh, okay. Further investigating revealed that Clark and Samantha had had an ongoing but tumultuous relationship for about seven years. The Austin Police Department placed Clark on restricted duty the day after the discovery of Samantha's body. In March, APD's Internal Affairs officially opened an investigation into Clark's connection to Samantha. The investigation included a May search of Clark's home, during which virtually every electronic device was seized, in addition to several pairs of his shoes. A DNA sample was also taken from Clark. During discussions with investigators, Clark said that he was the father of Dean's unborn child and had been keeping it a secret from Laura Tutton, his longtime girlfriend and common law wife. Hmm. So I think in some states, if you've been dating for like 10 you know, years, yeah, oh, you know, oh, yeah, so. well, yeah. So, th- so then you're, you're like, no, you have to be living together for 10 years. Okay. And so then that, if something happens to them, you are entitled to more than just like the nothing. If you were a girlfriend or yeah. just dating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were common law married property records show that Tutton owned the home that the two shared. So there's motive right there. It's like my whole life will get turned upside down. If she, if, if my girlfriend common law wife finds out i got somebody else pregnant stupid so that puts him even higher up on the suspect list warrants indicate that clark insisted dean have an abortion which you can't even do in texas anymore 2021 so that's crazy additionally investigators discovered samantha's journal in her south austin home during their search for clues hoping to lead to her killer it's the chris watts shit man oh yeah man yeah oh every everything fell into place for this one very easily. There, they found entries describing her fear for her life and that Clark was going to kill her. Mm-hmm. It was, that was written in her journal. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, local and state investigators worked tirelessly to sew together the threads of the murder. And in June 2015, investigators would get their biggest tip. This is a lot of words, soup, but it all makes sense. It's just a, it's just a lot of words. Aaron Williams, a friend of Clark's friend, Kevin Watson, told detectives that Watson told him that Clark had been looking for someone to pay $5,000 to kill Samantha Dean and her unborn baby due to Samantha wanting Clark to pay child support for the baby. So Vontre is the one that told... Vontre is the one that told Kevin Watson. Kevin Watson then told his friend, Aaron Aaron Williams. So already too many people know. Already too many people know about this plan. So So it's murder for hire. Yes. But he he was going to try to hire Kevin Watson... And then Kevin Watson told his friend, like, yeah, you know. Okay. Uh, so Kevin Watson was the mutual friend between those two. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So, well, not even, I don't even know if they're mutual. He, he just told his friend Aaron. And uh, he told Von. And he told the police. Oh, now I'm off. So Von Trey, Von Trey was like, hey, Kevin, I want to kill Samantha. I'm looking for somebody to pay $5,000 okay. to kill her. Yeah. Whether that's you or I don't know. And then he goes, Aaron, man, it's crazy. You know Von Trey, my friend Von Trey? He's trying to have his his side girlfriend killed for five grand. And Aaron went, no way. Get out of town. That's crazy. And then the police came and then he was like, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So already too many people. I mean, I don't know. What kind of conversation. Is it, that? That's what I'm saying. And we've had this, we've had this discussion so many times, but I'm so fascinated. It also, it also brings me, I want to, I want to jump into it, jump out really quick and, and highlight something that happened that it made me do the Nick, the uh, swaggy P gift face with all the question marks. Mm-hmm. We're like, what? But then I had to think about like, there's plenty of examples in the world of why this person would say this to me. So last week we talked about don't be a weirdo and, and guys being weirdos. And how, how can we tell guys who we don't know are weirdos? Don't be weird. I don't know who they are. And uh, somebody reached out to me and messaged me and was like, Hey, I heard, heard what you said on the podcast. It was really um, cool or whatever. I just wanted to let you know, you said like, how do you tell, people not to be a weirdo you tell your friends and i went do you think i have friends that are weird and creepy and do shit and i and i know that and i'm like friends with them still because that that's not at all a thing yeah but then i was like oh but no there's plenty of examples of like of of prominent people in society who are friends with people who sexually assault women and everything and then they still defend them even after the information comes out yeah so that's where i I took the nick young swaggy p gift face off and i was like oh no like i'm I'm being defensive because I know I don't have any friends like right. that, at least not knowingly. I, yeah. I, I don't have many friends, period. Yeah. When, when, when this person said that, I was like, why, who, who the hell knows that their friend is weird and just isn't saying anything? Like, it's like, oh, well, they did that. Now they went too far. So now we got to, we got to check Duncan. We got to have that conversation. <laughs> like, yeah. I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't, none of my friends are weird yeah. and do weird, dark, fucked up shit, to spike people's drinks and stuff. But then I went again, I went, oh, but there are there are people who definitely do that. So yeah. I had to check myself and go, no, this is warranted. And she's just saying, if you do have friends like that, check them. Say something. Yeah. Say something. I don't, though, fortunately. And, and again, I'm going to preface it one more time that I know of. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I again, I, I don't have a ton of people that I call friends. Yeah. But of those people, I would be shocked if some crazy news came out about them. Yeah. I would be I would be utterly shocked. Cause that's, that's how, how much I choose the people that I call friend and like really believe in and would defend to the, like I would de- like the, the people that I call friend, I would defend them against any accusation. Cause I would really be, I would not believe it. I'd be like, no, there's no way. Yeah. 
So if if something like that came out about one of those people, I'd be incredibly shocked. Be but I, but what I wouldn't do is like just be like, that's bullshit. You're a liar, you yeah. know, and just not believe it. But yeah, I don't know how those how those conversations go that way. It, it blows my mind every time where I'm like, so okay, so this person didn't, this person wasn't involved in the crime. They just know because somebody thought that they'd be super cool with them telling them that they're involved in a murder for hire plan to kill a pregnant woman. Yeah. Like, uh, I, that's crazy that you told this Aaron person this news. Why? How did that come up in conversation? That's insane. Well, these Possibly. It's like, whoever y'all hang around. You need to get some new friends. Something. If this something isn't the first right. time a murder for hire thing came up in your friendship. It might be you. Might be, might be the yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it's who you, you keep around. around. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to look inward. Yes, sometimes, sometimes it's not everybody else's fault. Yeah, it's you. It's the situations you put yourself in. Yeah, Aaron Williams also revealed that Watson and Smith killed Samantha for Clark. So Smith, I'll get into who Smith is in a second. Mm-hmm. Killed Samantha for Clark, but that Clark had driven her to the location in Bastrop County. And that the murder had been set up to look like a drug deal. The fact that here it is and and people think like, hey man, it's gonna work. Yeah, like is, and the guy's a this. cop. So he he really convinced his friend, who I'll get into this is a law is a friend, they've been friends since kids. And he probably really believed this guy because he's a police officer, he thinks he knows some shit. He's like, Yeah, man, so I sprinkled some weed on the dashboard, threw some dollar bills around, like they're just gonna think this seven month pregnant woman got murdered in a car over some weed and then we're going to be scot-free. But what about when they ask, when they find out it's your baby? No, I don't. They never suspect the, the father of the kid. Never. That never happens. Okay, bro. You are the first. Okay, bro. I believe you. You yeah. are the first one. They I totally to believe you, bro. I mean, you're the smartest guy I know. That's why you got to keep, you got to watch. He's just dumb. Got to watch you keeping your circle, bro. You're only, you're only as smart as the people you hang around. So he thought this guy, oh, he became a police officer. It's got, oh, I follow this guy. I trust him. Wow. So Kevin Watson, who was then 32, was charged with capital murder in 2016, but pleaded not guilty. During pretrial, Watson's mother, Denise Hale, said that her son and Clark had been friends for up to 15 years, meeting during high school in Austin. Mm. Court records from February of that year show that, of 2015, show that on the day that Samantha's body was discovered, Watson was seen on surveillance video at a Walmart in Southwest Houston buying a prepaid Verizon phone. Watson was already in custody in Harris County Jail on drug possession charges when the claims came to light. Meanwhile, Kyla Fisk, Watson's 50-year-old girlfriend. So these are two dudes who are just scrubs, man. They're living with women and living off of them. Uh, how, are these, how are these dudes? Um, uh, Kevin Watson was 32 and Von Trey... Clark was 35. Okay. But his house was in his girlfriend's name and he set this whole thing up because he didn't want to he didn't want his girlfriend who he was living off of to find out that he got somebody pregnant. That's my that's my assumption. That's one that's 50 years old? No. No, that's uh, the Kevin Smith. Kevin Watson his oh. friend. Oh, okay, gotcha. His okay. friend is 32 years old and his girlfriend is 50-year-old Kyla Fisk. So they okay. And uh, so she was booked on charges of tampering with evidence because he asked her to throw out some of his clothes and stuff that he wore on that night. And she was like, "Okay, I got it. Do you agree with that? I agree with what? Do you agree with her being 
charged oh. as an accessory? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it, what if what if how do you know that she knew about the the clothes being like, hey, can you just throw these clothes away? Come on, man. This dude, this dude, Kevin Watson's going around, he told Aaron Williams. I think he's going around telling everybody. Telling anybody everybody. that'll listen. You know, I'm you know, we're gonna kill a girl. So I'm sure he said, Hey, can you throw this stuff out that I wore when we did that thing and killed Samantha? He probably said all of that. And she was like, Yeah, no, I will I will do that. I will throw those things out. So yeah, I have no I have no uh sympathy for her. I'll throw them out, all right. To the police. <laughs> Drag them right down to the yeah, yeah, police. I, I will toss I will toss those right over to the nearest precinct. <laughs> That's why Boys in the Hood, that scene is so is so is so crucial. Which one? When when Trey gets out of the car. Oh, okay. Cause if he would have chickened out there, he would have still went to jail. Yeah. For being an accessory to murder. Yeah. But he already got, happened. Yeah. Got out of the car and was like, I'm not even gonna, I don't even want to see this. I don't even want to be there. Very it's, it's a big difference. Sometimes people go and they realize that when they're at the there, when they're at the scene, they're like, I'm not built for this. But it's too late. No, it's too You're late. You're now already an accessory yeah. into the crime. You gotta re- realize that way before. Try to clean your hands after it doesn't uh, happen. It's too late now. No, it's too late. So court documents at the time indicated that Watson had asked Fist to get rid of a hoodie that police say he wore the day of Samantha was killed. Meanwhile, Freddie Lee Smith, that's who Smith was that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Freddie Lee Smith, the other man named by Williams as a conspirator in Samantha's murder, was arrested on capital mur- murder charges. So how Freddie Lee Smith comes into play, friend, is that Vontre Clark and Kevin Watson had planned to kill Samantha. And they had communicated to each other over PlayStation online communication and on the burner phones that he was seen buying uh, the day that Samantha went missing. So they were talking on PSN. Is that what they call that? Yeah. They were talking on PSN, playing some 2K or whatever, and then being like, yeah, man, so I'm going to kill crazy. the girl I got pregnant because I can't have that. I'm going to get kicked out, kicked out of this house that I'm playing PlayStation in. <laughs> she, she lets me stay here all day and yeah. play PlayStation and doesn't complain. She's going to kick me out if she finds out I got somebody pregnant. And he's like, yeah, no, that's tight, bro. But should we be talking about this on PSN? And he was like, and then as the smart friend Von Trey went, no, you're right. You should go buy some Schmerner phones. Yeah. And he went, Schmerner phones? Yeah, Schmerner phones. What's a Schmerner phone? You'll figure it out. It's cold. They'll never know sure. what that means, Schmerner. And so he went and bought some Schmerner phones. And uh, they just thought they were really killing this. They thought they were doing a really cameras great, everywhere, man. They thought they were doing a really great job at this whole thing. Talking about committing a hit on PlayStation Network, is that what the N is? Yeah. Talking about that on any Xbox Live, anything, is insane. That's crazy. <laughs> shit. That's wild. But what if they was like, let's do it on PSN because it's not being tracked. And they didn't even, they're not even playing the game. They're not even playing the game. Oh, that's even crazier. <laughs> like they chose to just get on and just be on a yeah. in, in a PlayStation chat room Somebody to, like, to have conversation. Well, how can we how are we gonna communicate? Your phone. No, man, we can't use uh, the phone because they're tracking the, the towers. PlayStation. Let's hop on the play. Let's hop on the PlayStation. We can talk on there. Stop being tracked. Yeah, and then then we can be on headphones, and that feels like really businessy. Yeah, feels like really like futuristic. Like we're in MI6. So we gonna load up? No, man, we can't play 2K right now. We need to (laughs) talk about the murder. You hear him like he's like. Are you building a character? (laughs) Yeah, man, my bad. No, that's my fault. We should be focused on what the task at hand. So five (laughs) thousand. Never the. It's never people. Not that you. Not that I don't think that. I don't know if there is an intelligent way to kill somebody in, in today's society because mm-hmm. it's just like everything's tracked. Like yeah. there's no, but like all these people are so dumb. They're all so dumb. You're, they're all so dumb. How could you not think you would be suspect number one in the murder of a pregnant woman? Yeah. And then they find out that you were having a secret affair with her and you have a girlfriend, a common law wife. How did you not think you would be the number one suspect? And you a dirtbag because you didn't even marry the girl. 
Yeah, you had to get you had to be common law married. So already your shit, your priorities you're are already off. shady. Oh, you're, yeah, everything about you is shady. Of course you're the number one suspect. And then this guy had the the, the nerve to sprinkle weed in the car as if that was going to throw them off the scent. Wow. Like now it'd be impossible as Von Trey. Wow. It must have been some random weed dealer who viciously murdered this pregnant nineteen, this pregnant seven month pregnant woman. This scholar. It's like you, like you do know you, you are murdering your child, right? Like oh, it, it does not even. That's come a into burden play. to him. It's like no, of course. That's like that's the crazy. main objective to him is like, yeah, no, I want to murder the child. She won't just murder the child though. She won't just go get an abortion at seven months. Or maybe he. Asked her early on, and she was like, "No, I'm gonna keep my child. I'm gonna keep my child. Like whatever. I'm, I'm, but you're gonna fucking if you don't want to be there for your, the child that you, you 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 got me pregnant with, I'm gonna put you on child support." And then he decided to kill the baby and her. He was a cop, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, they're talking over PlayStation off burner phones that he that uh, Kevin Watson was seen buying. But when they realized neither of them had the guts to actually follow through with the horrific plan, the two friends then paid Freddie Lee Smith. To carry out the murder of this pregnant woman. But why? So, what's name getting? Why is he? I don't understand. It's like he dragged him into it. Who, Kevin Watson? Yeah. I think that initially he approached him to do it. Okay. And then he told Aaron Williams and probably his 50-year-old girlfriend. And then Kevin Watson went, bro. Dude is an idiot. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I can't kill a pregnant lady. That's really fucked up. And he went, yeah, I can't do it either, man. If, if I do it, I, it'll be... I'll get caught. Yeah. It can't be me. Yeah. That's why he didn't do it, I think. So then either. That's why anybody do murder fire. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin Watson went, but you know what? I know another guy named. Let's bring a, let's bring a fifth person in on this. But that's so stupid, though. Oh, the whole, this was stupid from, from go. Know, but, but to bring another person in on no, it is but, insane. Yeah, but for him to go, I know another guy we can do. And we can just, whatever you was going to pay me, mm -hmm. we can we'll, just I'll go split get it. it. I'll yeah, split it. I'll get a finder's fee. He, you know, what? you know, Kevin Watson, <laughs> he's still, he still negotiated a finder's fee. Yeah. Like, Give him four and give me one. That's when you walk away. That's when you go, um, nah, man, I can't. No. I don't want to be involved in this. I think I think that what it is is the way that I think Von Trey is Kevin Watson's smart friend. I think Kevin Watson is Von Trey's like, this guy knows somebody that'll kill somebody for five thousand dollars. So that's why he went to them. Even if it was like maybe he won't kill him. If he can't if he won't do it, he'll be able to find me the person who will. I can't believe he stayed in the middle of it. That's the yeah, he could have got out at any point. But again, they've been friends since they were 15. And maybe he was just like, I got to ride this out with my boy. Fuck I'm letting that. you know right now. I've known you since before we were 15 years old. There's There are lines for me for sure. I don't respect you. I don't I think would, you'd ever cross like any of those. Too, I don't think you'd I ever cross any of the lines that I have. But just so you know, there are lines. I'm not going to say what they are here because I don't know what they are offhand. But I'll tell you in the moment where you go, yo, I need you to do this. I'll be yeah. like, this, you know, you know anybody though? Like, you know anybody that can... I pay no. you a fine. I pay you a referral. <laughs> yeah, referral, <laughs> referral fee. Yeah, no, no. But now that would depend. That would depend. On, oh no, because they probably come back to you. What? Because when they go, what well, they go? How'd you guys meet? They go, Alvin. Yeah. And now I'm back in it. Yeah. And now I'm an accessory. Absolutely. So now I'll go. So I'm sorry, brother. I can't. Love. I wish you peace. Especially if journey. it lessens my time. Oh, I make it less time. Look at this. If somebody else is involved, of course. See, this is why I didn't do it. See, this, Alvin, is, why I, this is why I didn't do it. Alvin for Williams, you. and that's exactly why I didn't do it for you right there. I knew you would do that. What? I knew you would do that. Get less time. I knew you'd do that to me. Look, you did do it. Do what? Me. In this hypothetical scenario. I knew you'd do that to me. <laughs> do what? And that's why I didn't do it. But well, we we'll get less time now. No, we. I get time. I didn't. I didn't have any well, time we'll on the table. <laughs> We're there was no time on the table for me now. There was no time on the table you for me now. You tell us who's the middleman, and then we'll put some of your time on him. Oh, of course, Alvin Williams it. Well, that all played out here. Uh, uh, they found Aaron Williams. I don't. I don't even. Really, I, he did it voluntarily. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> Aaron Williams told him everything. 
It's crazy when you get that one witness that just busts the whole case open. Aaron Williams was like, oh, it was Freddie Lee Smith, their whole name. It was Freddie Lee Smith, Kevin yeah. Watson, and Von Trey uh, Clark. They were uh, the, the three-headed monster in this whole scenario. Now, this is a, this is fucked up. Now, rest in peace to, what's her name? Samantha. This is terrible. To Samantha and that unborn baby. Yes, absolutely. Whatever. Now, I'm saying that any amount of money is is worth doing something like this. Because yeah. it's not. Oh, absolutely. absolutely not. But for what 5000 whatever it is, like... People are hard Why are you even entertaining this whole thing? People are harder on their luck out here, man. $5,000 to a desperate person? $5,000 is a... People People do despicable things in the name of money. Oh, and yeah. Squid Game depicted that brilliantly. Yeah. The whole overarching point of Squid Game. Highly recommend. I don't know if I need to do that because the whole world's seen it, apparently. So they hired Freddie Lee Smith to carry out the pregnant woman's execution. In July 2015, Von Trey Clark fled the country without permission. He hopped on a flight to Bali, Indonesia. What? Yeah, I don't... I mean, he must have thought... He must have been like, looked at a globe and was like, where's the most random place you he can go? He spinned it and closed his eyes. Yeah, because like, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine a guy... That's crazy. A guy named Von Trey Clark from Austin, Texas, who's a police officer, has ever been to Bali before. But I guess I could be wrong. That's me. That's me judging a book by its so cover. Random. But that's incredibly random to go to. But it feels like a place you go to get lost, to not be found. But they did Idiot find. Move. But they found him immediately. I mean, like yeah, probably so, stupid. Yeah. So, Kept his phone on him. Yeah, he bought the ticket with his own card. And <laughs> Use <laughs> Apple Pay. And shit. Yeah. So so, so so he went to Indonesia and without permission. So at at this time, Clark was classified by the Austin Police Department as abs or as AWOL or absent without leave. Mm-hmm. And he was immediately fired since they were unable to contact him. So he's no longer a police officer. He's been, you know, he was, he was fired as soon as he f- fled the country because he was on leave. It wasn't like he was still working. He was like, I don't, I, I hope it wasn't paid leave, but he was on like administrative leave until they figured out the, what the hell was going on. Yeah. And then once, once he saw like, Oh, they found everything. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he went to Indonesia. Just left. Went to left Indonesia. his, Baby mother, I mean, his, his wife. I think he had kids with her too. Wow, I'm a fuck. This guy's heartless. He doesn't. He doesn't care about her. He cares about what she does for him. She owns his owns the house, so it's not like he's like, oh, I love my I love my common law wife, and I don't want her to break her heart by her finding out that I got a woman pregnant. So I have to do that. It's like I don't want to lose any of my things, my family, reasons. my house, my money. So it wasn't like, oh, this was all done out of like a love triangle thing. It was all out of like selfish need to to try to not lose what he had. But he also wanted to play around out there and hook up with this girl and play and around he was, with her he feelings. He was like messing around for years. For years, almost a decade with her. Wow. And probably kept telling her, I'm going to leave her and all that bullshit. And then, she, then he found out uh, she was pregnant and then he couldn't just keep telling her that bullshit that he was telling her all them years. And he snapped. So Clark, when he was in Indonesia, he was taken into custody a month later by the Indonesia by the Indonesian FBI in hey. August of 2015. At the time, it was unclear when Clark might be extradited back to the United States, since the U.S. did not have any treaties with that country. Clark was extradited extradited from Bali and returned to Bastrop County in September, where he pleaded not guilty to capital murder in two thousand in October 2015. But he was he he was eventually indicted on the on the on the charges anyway. So in September 2019, Watson agreed to a plea deal, pleading guilty to murder in exchange for a sentence of 35 years. What? Yes, yeah, so Kevin Watson who was a facilitator, I would say his role was, and but probably also 
he also didn't talk this guy out of doing this. So is it whatever he did was deeper. I think he was also at the scene of the crime. So yeah, he, it wasn't just it wasn't just like he went here's Freddie Lee Smith's number. Mm. He was involved from the beginning of the inception of this plan. So he was able to plead out to 35 years. He agreed to testify if called if called upon for Smith or Clark's trial. A grand jury indicted Freddie Lee Smith on capital murder charge, alleging he shot Samantha Dean and caused her and her unborn child's death. On December 16, 2019, Clark faced his final day in court for Samantha's murder. Facing possible execution if convicted, he reversed course on his not guilty plea and signed a written confession. Prosecutors said he also waived his right to appeal the, convic the conviction as a part of the agreement. During the trial, it was revealed that Clark told Samantha Dean that he had a friend or family member who needed a ride into Austin, Texas. He then had Dean drive him to the shop, drive him. He then had Dean drive him to the shopping center where the woman's killer, Freddie Lee Smith, was lying in wait. Following the murder, the crew planted marijuana in Dean's car to make it look like a drug deal gone bad. Wee. As if, I mean, listen, I know there's like, you know, there's dark people out there, but as if somebody would kill a pregnant woman weed? in her car over some weed. <laughs> over an eighth. That make y'all broke. That just make y'all broke. Oh, it makes you way more than that. Weed. They was like, to kill a, a dime bag of weed. Like, you this killed this pregnant woman? Crazy. And it was like, she died because of, come on. Now. But they thought like, they'll yeah, of course, they'll believe that. Also, this woman, Samantha Dean, her, her track record speaks for itself. She has a master's degree. And she's degree. pregnant. <laughs> What? She's pregnant. She she works for a police department. She's a forensic psycho she's a forensic psychologist. Uh she's an AKA Skiwi. She's beloved by her community and has friends and family. She's an army brat. She is a stickler for the rules. Traveled all around this country. Live live with military people. She's a she's she's the most decorated person you could imagine. To say that she was killed in a Walmart parking lot for trying to buy weed, and he thought that. That's how little he thought That's of her. How That's, That's how so little he thought of her. He was like, yeah, man, she was buying weed while she was pregnant. They'll believe it. She, that's how she died. They won't, they, won't look, they won't look twice at me. I'm a cop. They spread like three dollars you know, around. Like, you know, yeah, you know, it was, just, it, was all, it was all just a bullshit. That's sad, man. It was a, they immediately knew it was staged when they, show up, when they showed up to the scene. But in his mind, he's like, I'm a cop. I'm a smart guy. You know, I've been, I've been handling both these two women all these years. I, I know how to get out of tough situations. So they're going to think it was a drug deal gone bad. And her reputation isn't going to come into play into this at all. People are just going to be like, yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't know Samantha Dean was a weed addict who deals with sketchy people in, in Walmart parking lots to buy weed. And it went wrong. But she's a forensic psychologist. I mean, she's, a, she's an AKA. Like her, she has a network of friends who would help her do anything for her. Yeah, but she just is a weed addict. And she was pregnant and she was smoking with well, she was pregnant, so she's a bad person, too. That's what I'm going to tell the police if they come to me. I'm going to go, yeah, it was my baby, but she loved weed, so she probably was buying weed, and it went bad. That's what he thought would work. That's crazy. He thought that would work. So Freddie Lee Smith has a tentative trial date set for February of 2022. Part of Kevin Watson's plea agreement is he must testify against Smith in his trial. So I'm going to be interested to keep an eye on that when that yeah. happens. While reading from a letter in court, Kimberly Dean, Samantha's mother, addressed Vontre, 
directly, staring him in his eyes and stating that, I still think about Wednesday, February 4th, every single day. You took away everything when you took Sammy. The woman's family said that she had planned to name her unborn child Madeline. Mm. The day before her murder, they said Dean was shopping for a child's car seat. Wow. Yeah, man, seven months. Yeah, right around the corner, corner, man. The one person that I can turn to for moral advice or support is gone. Thanks to you, Taylor Dean said, her baby sister. You stole my favorite person. You stole an innocent child. You stole my niece. And, uh, yeah, so that was the story of Samantha Dean. Again, I want to say thanks to our listener, Alana. Thank you for suggesting the story. And, again, she said that she was in the same sorority as her. I don't know if she means, like, she's from where Samantha Dean is from and they were, like, some sorority sisters in the same charter or whatever that is. Or she just means, like, I'm an AKA, she's an AKA. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one she means. But if if she knew her personally, my, my condolences. But... They're in the same network. They're in the same sorority. So still my condolences, man. Yeah. It's absolutely a tragic story. Um, again, Ski Wee, man. I love that they do that. Um, AKs are really, uh, I, I, like, my cousin is, like, so smart and cool. And she was a dancer, too, like my like my dance teacher in middle school. So um, I've always had love for, like, AKs. Mm-hmm. They've been really um, smart and, and, and um, super cool women in my life. Um, so rest in peace to Samantha Dean and rest in peace to Madeline. And, uh... Yeah, man, it's fucked up, man. Like, we've done so many stories on this podcast about people who just, like, don't want to be parents. And so they they just go, um, just kill kill them. And they'll just be over with. That football player, you did the story of him. Something. If, if, the right, if we talk about that story, it was like. He was, was a, a, he was a Panther. Was, he was a Carolina was, Panther. Yeah, it was a setup. It was like. Like this. It was like an, it was like a, they tried to make it look like it was a, like a altercation, like a car Like a, like a, like a um, road rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Whatever you think, however smart you think you are to stage a crime, you're not. It it will most likely look staged. Rest in peace to Samantha Dean, man. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Fran's going to get into some fucked up shit, so stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go. My affirmative murder this week is about Nathaniel Lipscomb. Lipscomb. Yep a.k.a. the Dawn Strangler. So born in Gaffney, South Carolina, in 1931, Little is known about Lipscomb's upbringing, but according to his later confessions, he was known to be a persistent voyeur who have mm. who had been jailed in his hometown for spying on women underdressing himself. Yeah, man, that voyeur shit is interesting. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There's a documentary on Netflix about a guy who owned a hotel, mm. and he would be up in the ceilings. In the motel, he could look down in the vents and shit and see in people's motel rooms and just be up there getting off. You know, you know what's a fear of mine? I don't know if it's a story you've done, but I, it was a story. It was a story out there where it was a guy just living in like somebody's attic for like five years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is so terrifying, man. Whenever I hear shit, I go, "What if it's a person? What if up it's there? a person, a whole ass person living up there for like three years? Got a little space heater? Don't even know until you go up there and chip bags and shit all over the place." Bottles pissing all kind of like that's that's terrifying. Somebody just up there just they can just be they can just be quiet. Yeah. That's crazy. That'd be wild. On May 14th in 1951, the Mecklenburg County Police Department were called in the afternoon about sus about a sus- suspected murder that had occurred in Charlotte. The caller said that her granddaughter, four year old Diane Maxwell, 
whose head was cut and bloody, mm. told her that a man had burglared into their home and cut her mother. Upon arriving at the scene, patrolmen discovered a grimsly scene. Miss Maxwell was found lying in a pool of her own blood, with stab wounds over her left eye that penetrated into her brain, oh. and another into her breast. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. In addition, her throat had been cut from side to side, leaving a deep gash on it. In the subsequent autopsy, the coroner determined that the woman had been attacked while she was in bed. While the killer attempted to attempting to slash her daughter, who slept in another bed across the room, in a near miraculous feat, it was said that despite her fatal injuries, Miss Maxwell stood up and walked to her daughter's side and stood for a second before collapsing to the ground. So to me, it was like she was still trying to protect her granddaughter. Mm. And kind of like making sure like she's okay. Yeah. And then whatever strength she had left, that was all she had to do that. Yeah. The murder weapons was supposedly a knife with either a gap in the blade or a dual a dual end. As there were as there were notable irregularities in the victim's wounds. While the killer had left little in the way of physical evidence, witnesses recalled seeing a black man walking towards the Maxwell household and later fleeing after the killing. The following weeks, hundreds of potential suspects were questioned. And on May 27, 1951, police stopped a car whose occupants were suspected of being drunk. Mm. When they saw the driver, Nathaniel Lipscomb, tried to throw away what looked like a dagger. He was arrested for driving without a license and carrying a concealed weapon. The day after his arrest, Lipscomb unexpectedly confessed to killing Maxwell, but claimed it had been an accident. According to his claims, he knocked on the door of the Maxwell home to ask for a drink of water. It's you a hose. It's a hose right here. You can just turn it on. It's a you store. Can... <laughs> you can go to a store. Go get something to drink from a store. But you ain't coming in here. No. And I'm not opening this door. I, I get something to drink. Water. Bro. I don't even know if I would do that for a child. Probably not. Like a kid that's like out here playing. I'm like, maybe. Do you like, play around here? Where do you live? Back up. Back up 15 feet. <laughs> Throw a cup of water out there. Yeah. There you go. Sit it down like I put it in a saucer like a cat. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and get that. Drink of water. I mean, like, that's a that's odd and that's a terrible lot. Yeah, it's very weird. It's weirdly intimate too. Like, especially if they go, if you wait here, I'll give you a bottle of water. It's like, no, I'd really love to come in and just have a nice ice cold glass of water, maybe sit down. You're like, what? Yeah. No, you can't do that at all. Yeah, a lot of thoughts run through my head hearing about that. It's like, that's fifty other houses on this block. Why did you come here? This house looks like it just really has a, uh, an assortment of juices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nobody was, nobody, but when nobody answered, he entered inside. Yeah, so at that time, Miss Maxwell awoke and attacked him. An ensuing struggle, he accidentally slashed her throat. To prove his guilt, he offered to take them to his family home, where he presented them with a pearl-handled knife, a pearl-handled handled knife, hidden in a box stored in the garage claiming that it was the murder weapon. Detectives dismissed his claim, but upon examining, examining the dagger, he had discarded, which was dull. They began to take his claim seriously. So the knife that he showed them, they were like like it's, skeptical, but then they really looked at it some more? Is, just, is that what you're saying? The, yeah, the knife he showed them wasn't, they were saying that's not the knife. That, that can't be the Got knife. It. But he threw away a but knife? He threw, but, he, but when he found the car, when they uh, pulled over that car, he threw away a knife that was a dull that he had on him while he was in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay, yeah. got it. And that knife fit the description of one of the murders. Yeah. 
Got it. Yep. So he said, upon examining the dagger, it was discarded, which was dull. They began to take his his claim seriously. However, much to their dismay, Nathaniel retracted his confession. And in the week, I hate hearing that shit. And in the weeks following, he shifted between confessing and denying the murder. Mm. During the month of June, he was ordered to undertake two lie detector tests. The first, which determined that that he was probably the killer, while the other, that he wasn't. What? How do you feel on the lie detector tests? Well, I don't think lie detector tests are admissible in court. So, like, I think it's I think that it's, it's fucked up the way that it's used is basically to try to get you to confess, because they tell you like you failed, you failed this or whatever. But they can't. You I don't like it's not it's not like. Well, they bullshit. I don't think it's I don't think it's ironclad science. I could be mm. wrong. I don't think they can just go. They can go. Well, he said he he said he didn't do it, and he and he failed the lie detector test, so he's guilty. Like it, it can't more, it, a lie detector test can't. Yeah, <laughs> that's a show. Um, I don't think it can be used in that way in a court of law, like to to like irrefutably say if you failed the question, then you're guilty. Mm. So they use it more of a tact as more of a tactic to scare you oh, okay. into confessing. Got you. And if I'm wrong, my bad. I just really I don't think that a lie detector is admissible in court. I mm. think I don't think that that's the case. They use it on the more show time. They he said do. He's not the father. The lie detector test determined. And then they run, and it's, he yeah. is. He is the father. Now, also, shout out to those cameramen. They are incredibly nimble, man. They cut those corners. I mean, they, I mean, they they keep athletes, up. man. And those women go booking it in the back, or the men go booking it in the back. They, I mean, they keep up whole way. Yeah. Really impressive. But I don't <laughs> really think that we should be using Maury Povich as a example <laughs> of why something might be true in law or not. Yeah. So while they had issues pr- proving whether he was guilty or not, the detectives realized that their suspect was likely mentally unwell, and so they took him to Charlotte Mental Health Clinic for a psychiatric evaluation. After several examinations, clinic officials reported that Lipscomb was an impulsive, sexual, degenerate, and mentally handicapped with a predisposition of molesting others. Mm. He was sent from a second round of evaluations at the, at the Cherry Hospital in, Golds, in Goldsboro, where doctors determined that while he had a low IQ, which was a total of 51, oh, wow. he didn't suffer from any visual disorders and... And was capable of distinguishing right from wrong. That's untriably low, right? They can't convict him of something, right? Fifty one. Is it fifty one? Only ones I heard was like thirty or something crazy like that. I st- I'm sure fifty one is still low. Is really low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so despite this, police officials doubted that they would convict him and requested that he that he be detained in the clinic as a criminal d- dangerous person. Yeah, they said they 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 doubted that they would convict him. Yeah. Probably because of that. Like, yeah, because he's mentally, mentally challenged. Yeah. yeah. So in October, Lemscombe was released from Cherry Hospital and subsequently vanished. Upon learning this, authorities searched for him at his family homes or whatever clinic he was at. He got the fuck up out of there. Yeah. He escaped. Which is a sign that he's very cognitive of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so authorities, authorities searched for him at his family home where his sister and mother lived. But they told them that they had run him off. So he, at some point, Tried he tried to come back there, and they was like, fuck no. Man, getting us in trouble. Yeah. They had to run him off as they were afraid of him. According to his mother, he claimed that he was going to Norfolk, Virginia in search of a job. For the next eight years, Lemscombe remained under radar until his arrest as suspect in a three rape murders. Oh, wow. Between December 1958 and April 1959, Baltimore was struck by a series of mysterious killings always aimed at older women who lived within several blocks of one another. Mm. Each victim was found beaten, raped, and subsequently strangled 
in an alley near their homes. Since all of them showed signs of being committed by the same offender, the killer was nicknamed the Dawn Strangler, as his crimes always happen in the early morning. Got it. The first victim was 38-year-old black woman, May Hall, whose body was found in a neighbor's yard on the 1300 block of East, East Eager Street mm. on December 9th, 1958. She had been strangled to death and was determined that she had been dead for at least several days prior to the body's discovery. Five days later, 57-year-old Lottie, Lottie Kite, a white practical nurse, left in the early morning to, to sweep the sidewalk in front of her house. About two hours later, her body was found two doors away in a narrow alleyway with a handkerchief wrapped around her neck. Mm. Her fists were clenched and fingers bloody, indicating that she unsuccessfully tried to resist her attacker. Authorities started questioning various suspects about the killing, making several undergo lie detector tests, but all were eventually released with the murders halting at a standstill. It was until April 9th of the following year when the body of 38-year-old Pearl Weiss, another black woman, was found in an alleyway only five blocks away from where Kite had been murdered. She had been strangled, her neck bruised, and her fingers bloodied, with her killer apparently stealing her shoes. On April 21st, 1959, local policemen were patrolling the streets of Baltimore in the early morning when they were alerted by a woman screaming. After they headed into, into the direction where the screams came from, they found an unfamiliar black man lurking in the alleyway. They arrested him for questioning, and upon ram- ramaging through his pockets, they found four pairs of women's panties. Oh, trophies. Yep. While they were unable to locate the source of the screams, they booked the suspect in jail over the weekend for further questioning. And there he told that his name was Nathaniel Lipscomb, that he lived in Baltimore for the last five years. So, again, he was on the, on on the, the run, run yeah. for these last couple of years. Um, so that he lived in Baltimore for the last five years and worked as a laborer and a restaurant worker. When asked about why he had women's panties in his pockets, Lipscomb explained that he had snatched them from a clothesline, something he did regularly. That's not a good lie at all. <laughs> Actually, I... I don't know. This guy's a voyeur. He could just be like, I'm a pervert. Yeah. He could just own that. I guess that's a decent lie. Yeah. I just like having women's underwear. Yeah. Weird, but you know. Yeah. So after they look into his past, authorities learn that he had been questioning, he had been questioned for other murders committed in the city during the last five years. In particular, he had been extensively investigated for the August 1958 rape and murder of 57-year-old grandmother, Ethel Francis, whose battered body was found at a golf course in Clifton Park. Yeah. Eventually, Lipscomb wrote a, a written confession in which he professed his guilt for the murder of Lottie Kite, with other statements in appearing convincing enough to put him as the killer of both Hall and Weiss. Weiss. Like, the, like with the Maxwell killings years earlier, he retracted the confession and insisted on his innocence. So after a short trial, he was found guilty of these three murders, showing no visible emotion at, at, the, at his trial. He was sentenced to death, a verdict contested by his attorneys who claimed that their client was insane at the time of the murders. The decision was appealed a few months later, but ultimately rejected by the Maryland Court of Appeals. Um, on June 9, 1961, Nathaniel Lipscomb was executed in the Maryland State Penitentiary gas chamber, the last inmate to be executed in the state before Furman versus Georgia. So there was, hmm. I found this story because I went and looked up. I was just like, let me see if I can find some other murders that happened in the city of Baltimore. And it was a whole list of them, 
But the list that came up that I found were all like they was killed on by the death penalty. So it was like three of them that maybe that was that were killed by gas chamber. I was like, damn, they was, you know, that was they was doing that shit. But then they stopped that because of cruel and unusual punishment. punishment. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other ones were lethal injection. But this one and a couple other ones were um, gas chamber, which was crazy. Like I don't even I don't even hear that in some of the old stories that we've done. Yeah. As um, it's that's film. that's taking it back a bit. Yeah, yeah. So that was my story of uh Nathaniel Lipscomb, um the Dawn Strangler, but um, I haven't heard the story, and I was I thought it was cool to hear about it, and when this happened in like the sixties or seventies yeah. in Baltimore City, so at that time, especially when I hear that the lady that the one lady that killed came out to sweep her, yeah, steps in the morning. Very very like, big tra- very big tradition in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's not anymore. Right, but right, like, right. Washing steps, sweeping steps was very much the steps in the architecture mm-hmm. of Baltimore, stained glass and the steps and stuff. People, would, I, my, my, mom, my mom has stories like that. My grandmother has yeah. stories like that. Of like, oh, every Sunday, all the kids would be out on the block yep. washing the steps. Um, so, that's, yeah, it's an interesting piece of history. I am conflicted because it's like his IQ level, they're like a psychologist coming and testing him and, and saying, you know, like this guy, something's wrong with this guy. Mm-hmm. But clearly he's uh, a bad person. Yeah. Like he he knew he did something wrong and, he, and he, he fled. And then he continued doing it when he got somewhere else. But to, they executed him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like if you are mentally uh, challenged or whatever the proper term is, like that doesn't exclude you from being a bad person, right? Mm-hmm. But because somebody's a bad person, should that negate their deficiency? You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm conflicted because I'm conflicted because I'm like, damn, like, should he have been executed though? That's my conflict. I'd, I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts on this because we have some listeners who who are on the autism spectrum, and I'd love to hear their thoughts on this as well. It's um, autism, Down syndrome, mm-hmm. any of those types of you know mental. Uh, hurdles that does, they don't automatically make you a good person, right? Mm. So should you treat someone with padded gloves or protective energy if they are blatantly a bad person? Now, what I'm describing is more of like societal thing. Like if like somebody can be on the autism spectrum and just like maybe be a bitch or like be a mean person or be mm. a bully or something. I don't know. Like it, I don't think it excludes you from these things. Now, obviously, this is a very extreme case. Like this person is a horrible murderer. But should we? But their their mental challenges should still come into account, right? I get that, but for me, um, putting putting into perspective that they have a mental disability. Yeah. Okay. That kind of, to me, it kind of put them all in one little, one little group that's saying like, you know, somebody has, you know, some type of mental disability, especially him. He killed people. Yes. So if you go, he killed somebody, but he had a mental disability that yeah. was, that could have played, uh, could have played a part in that. It's kind of like you putting all of them in that, that same tier to me. And it's like, I don't, I don't agree with that. Sure. Cause not every, that. not everybody who has a low IQ would murder a bunch of people. Right. And that's my thing is like, so so you have you just have to separate that you know because it's like it's hard because like like if if this if this person wasn't his iq wasn't low he wasn't mentally challenged i think is is that a separate part of his like so it's it's is that it's like that he also is that but he is uh, he's a psycho he's a psycho killer if it was one incident i 
That's different. Yeah, I think you look at it different. It's, it's two different. It's two different things. But if he's on, if this is a rampage and it's like he he escapes from the mental, yeah, the, the mental because he knew he was going to get in trouble. He knew he was going to get in trouble to go and do it again because he couldn't resist it. Yeah, for some you know for some reason he has he has he has two mental deficiencies. Yeah, he's and, mentally challenged and he has an impulse to kill people. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and then it's like I don't know, man. That's death penalty is excessive. Yeah. Um. Especially the gas chamber way, I just I don't agree with it's that. It's cruel. It's cruel. Yeah, I don't agree with that. But I don't think I don't that know. our it's, legal it's I don't hard, think that yeah. our legal system should be vindictive. That's yeah. my whole thing. I mean, my 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 issue with the death penalty has nothing to do with putting people who are guilty of crimes to death. I yeah. don't really have an opinion. I don't. I'm not like you, nobody should die. I, that's not. That's I'm not like one. There. That's a school of people too that are like the state shouldn't have the right to choose who they who are, who and who who they do and don't kill. Mm-hmm. I'm just more of like. If one in every twenty people is innocent, and it's probably higher than that, then you just can't do it. Yeah. Like if you're killing innocent, you can't go like, oh, well, because like how many people innocently dying is okay to yeah. like get vengeance. That's my that's my thought. But it is cruel to like gas somebody. Yeah. So it's really cruel, and what he did was cruel. But talking it out with you already has changed my perspective because I go okay, because again, going on to like you know people on the autism spectrum, people with Down syndrome, people with schizophrenia, anything. Yeah. If they are killing people or or committing violence or being a bully or something, it might be yes they have this, but then they also have this. Yeah, because you can't put them all in the category of the story that you just told right. because they're not every everybody who has a mental challenge isn't out here killing people. Yeah, so there's something else wrong with him too. It's not like oh he has a low IQ and he's mentally challenged. That's why he killed people. So so we shouldn't so we should we should excuse it or or it's it's a built in kind of like defense yeah because i don't like because again i used to work with autistic kids for a little bit and you have the the ones that are the high level ones that are yeah. like really high smart. functioning yeah. high functioning artistic kids smart funny it's just like you couldn't you wouldn't be able to you can't tell the difference yeah between them having art being artistic and not yeah and then you got the you know there's other ones there's levels to it but yes a spectrum I'm, a spectrum yeah sorry a spectrum but it's just i'm not going to let this guy i just can't for me personally let him off the hook because he no, falls somewhere he, on that he, spectrum. Yeah, I get I just, that. No, no, I get that for sure. Yeah, because it's because you've met people who are do fall somewhere on that spectrum, and they aren't violent or killing exactly. people or right. sexually assaulting yeah. people and and fleeing the state because they know they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. So there's something else going on in that person's brain other than them having some kind of mental challenge. Yeah, because his lawyer tried to. I won't say he tried to play that card, but he did. Uh, he no, did, that's he, what he did. Yeah, he did I'm, say yeah, no. my. No, my. He was insane. Look at his IQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, of course, they, but that's. If that's on the table, you're gonna as a yeah. defense attorney. But again, that's, again, I get it. If it's if that comes out and it's and it's one incident, okay. Yes. You you go through that, but then when it's like it's five people, it's like nah, yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. So, so the Don Strangler. The Don Strangler. Yes. Wow. I, yeah, I never heard of that story either. All right, man. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get into these good vibes. Oh, hey, it's my turn to go first. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. <laughs> Welcome to our Good Vibes segment. I go first this week. Sorry about that. I forgot. But my Good vibe this week is about um, the Packers NFL trainer that searched the football field until until 2 a.m. I'll get to why. Okay. So I was like, yeah. and, and an unfortunate <laughs> postscript <laughs> to what was a brilliant evening for his team, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones lost a necklace containing a portion of his father's ashes in the oh, end zone wow. grass. 
Wow. A reporter still at work in the very empty Lambeau field noticed that at 1.45 a.m. on Tuesday morning, one of the first team trainers, Brian, was still in the field searching for the necklace. Jones had a huge game against the Detroit Lions on Monday night when he scored four touchdowns in a 35-17 um, blowout. I missed that. Yeah. It's a good guy to have on fantasy that week, dude. <laughs> yeah. Four touchdowns? Yep. So he revealed to reporters afterwards that he had lost the necklace, which had a football pendant containing some of his father's ashes. His dad, who was always in the stands when his son played, had died earlier this year at the age of 56 from complications with COVID-19. He'd be happy. He'd be like, if you lose it anywhere, lose it in the end zone. Jones um, quipped while in high spirits during a post-game interview. So I did see... Um, the, um, we kept the, he kept the light lighthearted, but I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure he was bummed out. But oh kept, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did see the, uh, the the when they showed it on TV when after he scored a touchdown, he talked about it a little bit about um, him finding his necklace. I mean, he wasn't like crying or anything. But yeah, he said, "Yeah, I lost my dad, my pendant with my dad's ashes in the end zone somewhere." Um, I think he did try to look at it for himself, but I guess if a guy goes, game, game I got it, I got it. I mean, yeah. after a party. We stayed at 1.45 a.m. So he didn't go. I guess the guy was like, go ahead, oh, man. You had a yeah. great game today. Yeah. Go get some rest. I got it. Yeah. Which is super dope. So the pendant was black, which likely didn't help in, in spotting it easily. But nevertheless, um, Brian Engel ended up finding the football um, in the end of a needle in a haystack, bringing the brief ordeal to a heartwarming end. So he did find it in the end zone. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. But that's super dope that he did that, though. It's super dope that that dude, Aaron Jones, has a little bit of his dad's ashes on a chain while he plays football. Yeah, that's dope. I didn't know you can wear jewelry playing sports. I didn't oh, yeah. That. Today, you know, this guy got to have your flash. See, because NFL doesn't want you to be an individual. So people got to do a little slick shit, like wear cool cleats and stuff to, so they can stand out. So Jones expresses gratitude the next day. Thank you to him. He was out there until 145. It shows how much they care about us. Absolutely. He's been helping me a lot since my dad passed. So he's like, um, he's he's been there for me, said Jones. Our support staff is great here. They really care about um, the people. So again, he did find the the necklace and they showed the jersey where it was where it possibly may have ripped. Them, like the moment it came off? Yeah, through his jersey. Um, but I thought that was super dope, man. I didn't have to do that. No. He didn't have to do that at all. So he sat there and all night S- to look for that. Sifted around through the yeah, grass, man. that lush Lambo field grass. Mm. Yeah, man. That was, that was a task for sure. So shout yeah. out to Brian. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Aaron Jones too. Cause that's like, that's a really cool way to remember your dad. Cause I'm sure he, like you, he was, dad was up late doing drills and stuff with him and you yeah. know, get, well, help, help him get to where he is. That's yeah, exactly. So, you know, keep him in a little football pendant while yep. he's out there. So that's beautiful. My good vibe story is, uh, you know, it's, it's on brand for me. I don't, you know, I'm sure it'll help some people, but uh, it's a story about how eating mushrooms could lower your risk of depression. According to a new study. So uh, mushrooms have been making headlines due to their many health advantages, not only for the for the fact that they lower one's risk for cancer and premature death, but new research done by Penn State College of Medicine also revealed that the that these superfoods may benefit a person's mental health. So this is just about mushrooms in general, not magic mushrooms, but a magic mushroom is still a mushroom. Uh, Penn State researchers used data on diet on diet and mental health collected from more than 24,000 U.S. adults between 2005 and 2016. They found that people who ate mushrooms had lower odds of having depression. According to the researchers, mushrooms contain ergothionine, closest I'm going to get, an antioxidant that may protect against cell and tissue damage in the body. 
Studies have shown that antioxidants help prevent several mental illnesses, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and depression. Mushrooms are the highest dietary source of amino acid ergothene, ergothionine, oh Jesus, ergothionine, an anti-inflammatory which cannot be synthesized by humans, said, said lead researcher Jabril Ba who recently graduated from the epidemiology doctoral program at the College of Medicine. Having high levels of this may lower the risk of oxidative stress, which could also reduce the symptoms of depression. While button mushrooms, which are the most commonly consumed mushroom variety in the U.S., contain potassium, which is believed to lower anxiety, in addition, certain other species of edible mushrooms, especially Herichium, Irenaceus, also known as lion's mane, may stimulate the expression of neurotrophic factors such as nerve growth factor synthesis, which could have an impact on preventing neuropsychiatric disorders, including depression. Mushrooms are fascinating, by the way. I don't, I'm not like, I'm not like deep into like how mushrooms work, but the way that mushrooms work, like they, it's like a network. They all communicate mm. with each other in the ground. Mushrooms are 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 fascinating and they all they all have different properties and it's really it's really interesting according to their according to the researchers college educated non-hispanic white women were more likely to eat mushrooms i feel also these this these these statistics and stuff hispanic white women yeah like just white women just okay. but i don't like <laughs> these kind of statistics because black people overwhelming numbers live in food deserts and just don't have access or the proper knowledge about nutrition right. to even know about mushrooms yeah. or have some kind of like convoluted thing of like mushrooms. They, they look nasty. I don't like it's They don't even think about food and the idea like food is to make, to help you live. Mm -hmm. Like, like for a lot of, uh, for a large portion of my life, food was just about tasting good. Like yeah. you don't think about the, the health benefits of food. You just like, what do I want to eat that, that tastes tasty mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking of food as fuel, yeah, which is a much better way of thinking of it. And, why uh, mushrooms and kale and all these things that people go, ugh, vegetables is like it, people are turned off by them because they aren't thinking of food as something that's supposed to benefit your body. They're just mm -hmm. thinking of it as something that's supposed to just like be a, a decadent treat. Yeah. Well, you want it to taste good. So. Sure, but you can it can taste good and be healthy. And that's where people get lost. They mm -hmm. think that healthy food is nasty. Yeah. And that's like a, 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 a state of mind that needs to be broken. Yeah. Because it's killing people, specifically people that look like us. So, uh, yeah, so white women eat uh, white women eat mushrooms. Yeah, the stop being McDonald's. I'm sorry? Stop being McDonald's all the time. Uh, yeah, is that yeah. just like to the world? Yeah, everybody. Okay. Right. Stop being McDonald's. Okay, yeah, good point, man. Don't uh, you, you need to stop eating McDonald's. I stopped eating McDonald's long ago, sir. Don't don't try me on this podcast. I will jump over this table right now. I'm disrespecting just, like that. I thought you just brought up the McRib before we started. I did not bring up a McRib at all. You're a liar, and I'm calling you one on a microphone. All right. If I brought up a McRib, it was to say... Yuck, it's delicious. I hate you said that. I told you that in confidence, and you're really going to embarrass you. me like that in front of everybody like that. You just exposed yourself. What I said was, would I kick a McRib out of bed? No. But I don't eat McDonald's anymore. But do I get it? Sure. It's yeah. a it's a boneless rib sandwich. It's a, it's a pretty impressive feat, if yeah. you think about it, just like sure. scientifically. That's what I meant. I just meant like it was impressive that it, it existed. You remember these, they used to have McRibs at lunch in school? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. It's just. It was the it, most gross. It's like a barbecue oh. covered shoe sole. 
It's disgusting. And I was joking. I was not talking about McRib. I would never eat a McRib. <laughs> um, so the investigators observed a significant association between mushroom consumption and lower odds of depression after accounting for sociodemographics, major risk factors, self-reported diseases, medications, and other dietary factors. They said, however, that there was no clear additional benefit with relatively high mushroom intake. So it's not like if you eat a lot of mushrooms, you'll be even less at risk for cancer or something mm -hmm. like that. Just like having it a part of your diet is a good thing. The study as to the growing list of possible health benefits of eating mushrooms, according to Joshua Muscat, a Penn State Cancer Institute researcher and professor of public health sciences. The team conducted a secondary analysis to see if the risk of depression could be lowered by replacing a serving of red or processed meat with a serving of mushrooms each day. However, findings showed that this substitution was not associated with lower odds of depression. So being full on vegan and eating mushrooms instead of meat is that that benefit it didn't benefit it more i, I can never go full vegan by the way just uh it's just i can't uh the researchers noted some limitations that could be addressed in future studies the data did not provide details on the types of mushrooms as a result the researchers could not determine the, the effects of specific types of mushrooms on depression food codes issued by the u.s department of agriculture were used to determine mushroom intake Therefore, some entries may have been misclassified or inaccurately recorded. Prior to this research published in the Journal of Affective Disorders, there have been few studies to examine the association between mushroom consumption and depression, and the majority have been clinical trials with fewer than 100 participants. The researchers have said that this study highlights the potential clinical and public health importance of mushroom consumption as a means of reducing depression and preventing other diseases. See you in the grocery aisle. Or the nearest foraging patch. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Um, so do you eat mushrooms, Fran? Do I eat mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. I love mushrooms. Uh, well, don't, I mean, don't say it like I'm like, oh. duh, I didn't know that. I'm, I'm genuinely asking. Yeah. I didn't know. You have, you're a very picky eater, so I don't know why you're acting like, duh. Yeah, I am. You don't eat a ton of shit. Yeah. I, I don't eat a I'm ton of shit. I'm actually surprised. You're like, no, I, no, love, no, I no. love mushrooms. Is, is, I don't is eat a ton of shit because it's like, I haven't tried it. Okay. That's different. I mean, like. Yeah, but you've tried avocado or, or like avocado and guacamole. You hate that, right? Or have you even tried it or you just don't like how it looks? No, I don't like guacamole. Like, you know it, you don't? Or you just, it don't taste like anything. That's why I don't like it. You haven't had good... That's crazy to say. You haven't, had good, like you haven't had good guacamole. Doesn't taste Maybe like avocado you could say doesn't taste like anything. I, I think it does, but guacamole with all the spices and tomatoes and, mm -hmm. and salt and don't lime. Like nope. It tastes like all of the things I just said. Nope. Don't like it. Don't <laughs> taste like anything. Okay. Well, yes, you are a very picky eater. For, I am. So for one, so I don't. So it is surprising for me to hear yeah, you get, say like I, get, I love I mushrooms. I don't like eat them all the time, but I get them like when I get, when I get a supreme pizza. Oh, this is delicious. But have you ever just like sautéed some mushrooms no. with like chicken or something? Nope. Well, so you love mushrooms on pizza? Yeah, it's delicious. But but have you never just like had By mushrooms myself? on the side, like how you would do corn or something? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. you should try. It's good. Like yeah, it's good, man. It's a good yeah. way to do it. You just sauté mm. with some with some fucking olive oil, a little bit of wine, some salt, and pepper, and stuff. Yeah. Well, some, herbs, some herbs. I might try. You can fix me some. Well, you should try. First of all, I'm, I'm not anybody's uh, servant. You know, I can fix you I didn't some. say all that. Okay. Well, that's how it came across to me, okay? Uh, got a new energy. I'm in my new place. Yeah, now. man. I don't, uh, we need some um, it's gonna take, it's, on the wall. It's going to take, take, take a couple episodes. I don't like, yeah, I don't like it's energy. Gonna, it's going to take a couple episodes to get into a Don't have it on the 200th episode. I, you oh, gotta, I, that's, you gotta, yeah, that'll, be, that'll be a boost for me. Okay. I, the 200th episode, cool. the, the energy will be... Um, there just because it's such a monumental occasion. This is our this is like a preseason game. 
this 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 had a this had a different energy. I like the energy, but it, it we gotta find we, we're gonna find our groove. Yeah, and you need to find your groove. You you coming off hot all day, man. Hot. Yeah, man. You talking about squeegee boys? You talking about me like mushrooms? Well, I just was I just was surprised that you said you love mushrooms, and yeah. then you went on to say I love that I had them on pizza. Yeah. So that's different. Supreme pizza is delicious. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't have any problem with Supreme Pizza. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I don't really like green onions and stuff on my pizza. But yeah, no, I like Supreme Pizza. Um, before we get out of here, recommendation. I finished the season, uh, this the second season of Ted Lasso. The premier, the finale was just this past Friday. Love the show. It's one of the best shows of the decade. Ted Lasso is a great show. I'm thankful for the people that recommended it to me. Um, for the people who do watch it, Nate can't come back on Nate. He's gone too far. He is now full blown villain, and I don't think he, not even Ted and his wonderful quips and great advice could ever bring me back around on Nate. He's now a despicable person to me. So, uh, but great show. Ted Lasso is on Apple TV plus friend. If you have that, I don't have that. Don't plan on getting it. <laughs> it's four ninety nine, bro. It's four ninety nine. Four ninety nine plus like $12 plus like another like $6. Where's these numbers coming from? Oh, the other shit. ones. Oh, okay. Should yeah. add up, man. Yeah, that's true. It's just four ninety nine, bro. It's a great show. It's one of the best shows of the day. I'm not going to buy it for one show. It's but there's other happen. shows on there. The show about the baby with the fake baby. The one I saw was fine. I get the premise of the show. I don't want to watch like it anymore. But that's not how shows work. I saw it. This show, I, I think this show is I cool. It's a great Never going to watch it I'm anymore. I'm not going to watch it. I'm <laughs> not be how shows, That's not how I'm shows work. Money. I saw the first season, so well, I, 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 I get it. They've had Plus, two. I don't have Apple TV, so why would I get it? Oh, you don't? No. Oh, what do you use? I use Roku. Oh. Um, oh. Well, go and say. <laughs> go and say anything. I just go don't, say. I'm not familiar. Go I'm, ahead. Not, I'm just not familiar. I'll knock this microphone I'm off the table. Not, I'm just, go ahead. I'm just not familiar. Oh. I'm just not familiar. I'm just not. What does it come like? Is it a box? Yes, man. You I put it in the. You acting all bougie, man. I'm not Look, like it goes on the TV. You have a remote. I man. don't know. I'm just not familiar. Man, I'm not you are, anything. I just. You are I don't, something. I don't have Roku. I don't know how I don't have Roku. I didn't okay. know. So you can't get Apple TV like the app. Maybe you can. I haven't Look tried. Into it, and man. don't plan on trying. Oh, I don't care. Nine, bro. Watch Ted Lasso. Oh no, man. You never even watched Nine Perfect Strangers. We didn't even finish the show. I'm I'm catching up. You're a liar. I when when did you watch it? You watched <laughs> watch another the, episode? Watch it, yes. When? <laughs> the other day. What 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 happened? Yeah, what happened? What do you mean what happened? What happened? I'm still catching up, man. What do you mean? That's what I mean. You never watched it again. I am gonna watch it again. But you didn't, and you just lied. I just caught you in lie right there. <laughs> so when Hey, yeah. what's the lady in the show? The main the the therapist? What's her name? Uh, Nicole Kidman. She's in all. I see her on a whole bunch of commercials now. All of a sudden, she's a really famous actress. She's an incredibly famous person, friend. No, she wasn't on TV that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> on commercials, she wasn't on a lot of commercials till now. Maybe because I know who she is now. Like what? Com- yeah, yeah. I see her on like five different commercials on TV. I mean, Nicole Kidman, like probably for other shows and movies that she's in, because she's incredibly famous. No, I think she's, she's not doing, on there selling like. I think she's doing burgers. Like, yeah, I think she's doing like marketing for like. Food places and stuff. <laughs> I don't think that you're. Right. I don't think you're right. I don't I'm, think Nicole right, Kidman's doing again, Carl's Jr.'s when I say it again, When I say it again, I'm gonna let you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let me know what the product is. Yeah. It's gonna be like. It's not a, a show, show coming on it's HBO not a Max. It's not. She's doing commercials for Burger King. It's not Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> what is like? What are we talking? I don't know about? what it is. It's some type of product, but it's not. It's not a TV show. I promise, it's not a TV. Nicole show. Kidman is doing a campaign of commercials for some kind of food. Yeah. I guess that's possible. Again, she's really famous, man. You, for you to say like she wasn't on TV that much until now, she wasn't a whole bunch of commercials. I've never seen. her. Yeah, maybe not a whole bunch. I don't. I don't know. Uh, See, Nicole Kidman is a you. commercial person, but I also haven't she seen these now. commercials. She is now, and I also don't trust that you know what Nicole Kidman looks like outside of this show. She got, I do because she got that look, that like that that straight face. She got the eyebrow up. I know that look. I don't even know what you just even described. 
who else has that look? Just her. Just her? Yeah. What do you mean that? Oh, so you're saying she has such a distinct look that you know when you yes, see her. Yes. Yep. That's gotcha. Her. Okay. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I, I would, if you see her in a Five Guys commercial or whatever these Five things Five Guys are, doesn't have commercials. You know, AMC <laughs> Theater's got AMC theaters got commercials now? They must like be. Like on they, TV? They must be. Like, desperate, man. You can get a, a subscription where you can watch a movie for free every week <laughs> for like $10 a month. I thought about doing it. Because, you know, I'm in a very much like me point in my life. I'm yeah. Like, Going to the movies by myself, going to a wine bars and just mm. going just with myself, just spending some a time. A wine bar? What's a wine bar? It's like a bar, but, you know, they have like an assortment of wines there. Oh, you been? Yeah. I didn't get an invite. I went for me time. You yeah, you didn't get an invite to Philadelphia either. You also would have hated it. I didn't want to go. But you also didn't get an invite. That's important. Even if you didn't want to go, you weren't invited. I know. So, that's fucked up. Well, it was for me. But you can still like, hey man, you want to go? I can go. No, I'm good. <laughs> oh, so okay. you you want to turn me down? You're not you get turned down. Well, okay, that's fair. You would have hated it. Uh, Phoebe Bridges sounds like that LMA song that you played in last week's episode. So I think you would have absolutely oh, had not yeah. had a good time. There's no bass in her music. It's all sad and it's just depressing. And I loved it. People on drugs and just like, um, maybe like the, they're on like they're the on like Vivance and and like you know like. Xanax, like nothing fun. They're on like drugs. To, you had a good time. They're on drugs to balance their depression. You had a good time. I had a blast, man. It was so fun. It was cold. The, the moon, concert. The moon was full. Yeah, yeah. I had a, yeah, yeah the moon was full. I by like, yourself. Held hmm. myself. Yeah, hugged Crazy. myself. Yeah, and just swayed. Hug yourself. Yeah, while she played some sad music, it's like, and a boy died at a funeral. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. It's just, and you dressed up. I saw the outfit you had on. No. Oh. You're hilarious. I didn't. I had on. I thought you did. I thought, you, I thought it was like Halloween theme. I thought. It's not. I wasn't Halloween themed. Sometimes she wears the skeleton clothes, but it wasn't a Halloween themed event. She she dresses like that. Mm. It she wasn't like a, a Adam's, Adam's family. It wasn't. Theme. No, nobody was. It wasn't. It wasn't a Halloween concert. She just. She wears that. Okay. She'll wear a skeleton. It's fine, man. And nobody else wore skeletons. It was a, it was a there. night before Christmas. It wasn't theme, a night before which is a nobody great, was Jack Skellington. Great, great movie. I love that movie. It is a great movie. Nobody was there dressed as Jack Skellington, except Phoebe Bridges was there kind of dressed like Jack Skellington. But that's not the theme of the thing. It just is her thing that she does. Gotcha. And the drummer and the guitarist. And everybody that was in the crowd. And no, no, no. Everybody Including in the crowd. You. No, I was not. I was not dressed like that. Everybody else just wearing regular fucking whatever hipster clothes. All right, man. Uh, but shout out to Phoebe Bridges. She's awesome. Um, to me. <laughs> one half of this podcast yes. thinks Phoebe Bridges is amazing. Uh, Stephen Ray Morris calls them fans with a PH because Phoebe. So that's, that's funny. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's fine. You didn't think it funny. Uh, for, uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 